Hey, TikToks fam, it's Tilo here, and I wanted to let you know the episode you're about to listen to was recorded in the latter part of 2020, prior to the significant surge in anti-Asian hate crimes and incidents. Some of the comments may seem out of context given what we as a community are experiencing real time. We just wanted to give you a heads up. We hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening and being part of our community. Welcome back to another episode of How She Built This, a spin-off series brought to you by the Tit Talks podcast. How She Built This is meant to discuss and highlight the journey of building a business as a woman, the ups and the downs. For our listeners tuning in for the first time, the format of the show is a little different. It's shorter and it's one-on-one. So sorry to tell you, you only get one tit today. And this is Tilo, your host. Our mission at Tit Talks has always been to connect with other women through the lens of our own experiences. So we thought that this series would be a perfect fit. We at Tit Talks have jumped on this journey of building our own business and have found community a pivotal pivotal pillar (laughs) to success. We can all collectively be inspired, learn and grow from these conversations we're bringing to you. So with that said, I am so excited to introduce our guest today, Meili Tao, the donut princess, a powerhouse of a woman. Meili is the owner of DK Donuts in Santa Monica, But she is so much more than that, and I'm going to let her dive into everything that she's all about. But I first just wanted to say thank you, Meili, for coming on and sharing your story. Um, We've really only known each other for a really short time, but I honestly feel so drawn to your energy, which is so full of love, compassion, and humility. So with that said, please tell us about yourself, your beginnings, and your journey, um, and what brought you to where you are today. Oh my gosh, Tiff, that was like the best introduction I've ever had. Thank you so much for the kind words. It means so much to me. Well, I I, feel it for real. Yeah, I am so happy to be here. Um, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Maylee Tao. I am a first generation Asian American born here in um, Los Angeles, California. My parents, they were Cambodian refugees who survived the Khmer Rouge. Uh, For those of you who don't know what that is, it's a huge genocide that happened in Cambodia. And unfortunately she was a child of war. So uh, luckily my parents survived. They were able to come here to America and start their new life with the American dream, which included donuts. And my great uncle Ted, he actually opened up hundreds of, you know, donut shops and set up this whole system so that they could, you know, have a slice at the American dream. And he ended up even sponsoring a bunch of refugees to come over here. So that's, I guess, before I was born. (laughs) And then, you know, being born to the, being a daughter of immigrants, you know, you spend a lot of time at your you know, whatever business it is. So for, in my family, it was either donuts or my mom's Chinese food place. And then she also ended up owning like, um, you know, 99 cents place. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the earliest memories is like, you know, my, my regulars at DK's who have really seen me grow up were like, I remember when you, I was in, you know, you were in your mom's womb. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> Thanks, sir. <laughs> um, 
And, um, you know, I started to help my parents at the age of six. I used to stand on a milk crate and then like get up on top and then, you know, help customers that way, give change, work the register, help around, fold boxes. Um, and I remember always giving my dad these ideas like, hey, dad, like, we should have a sign for this and like you know riding on the back of the co the orange costco cart when my dad lugged all the supplies to bring back to the store um and you know my parents worked really hard i think that's such like a parallel in a lot of the immigrant success stories is that my parents worked pretty much from the moment they woke up to the time they went to sleep. So at one point, um, my dad, he, you know, he was baking at 2 a.m. and he would come home by like 2 p.m., take his little nap. My mom, she would work at the Chinese food place from like 6 a.m. all the way until like 10 o'clock at night. And, you know, for me, it was just like spending a lot of time at the shop. Um, and the most important thing that I think our parents always wanted to give us was a good education. So I went to private Catholic high school, um, even though I wasn't even Catholic, I was Buddhist and, um, you know, went to UC San Diego, studied communications. And, you know, my mom was always pushing me to be a news reporter. She's like news reporters, they, you know, they make good money and it's very safe and, you know, it's, it's a great job. And after interning for an actual news station, it is not safe. It is, was not nothing at all of what I wanted to do. And, you know, I was just really playing that, like being a good Asian daughter role and, and trying to pursue that and just realizing that my heart wasn't in it. So I came back to LA and my mom, who I had seen, you know, over the past, you know, four years of me going to college, I would come back and help with the store, but I could see that she had aged a lot and she was still working like a lot of hours. So what I did was, you know, she asked, Hey, can you come help? And I said, yeah, okay. And it was like, you know, it wasn't like how I was when I was younger. This time I had a fresh new outlook. And I was like, you know what? I've always believed that this place, DK's Donuts, was a really special place. And I was like, you know what? I think more people should know about it. So, you know, I started with a logo and then it kind of evolved into like merchandise and then like fixing how things looked. And then it came to, you know, social media and all of this, the, all of these things, like, you know, my parents, they never really understood. Like, they're so used to this like old school way of doing business, which totally works, but it didn't really, you know, elevate them to this next level. And, you know, coming up because I'm also a foodie. I mean, food is the love language for Asian cultures. It's like <laughs> 100. You know, yeah, it's like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's try some innovative things. So I was able to bring and create over 120 different kinds of traditional specialty and hybrid donuts uh, that we have in the showcase today, as well as curate these special donut experiences with either donut letters, uh, Texas-sized donuts, donut tiers, um, the donut bouquet by my Donut Princess LA concept, and really also bring in like the philanthropic aspects that I had wanted to do since I was a little girl. So, um, you know, I really learned a lot about giving back through my mom. Like every year she would go back to Cambodia and donate like tons of rice, school supplies. Like she got like the Nobel Peace Prize of Cambodia from the prime minister. So I was always like conditioned to know that, you know, and I'm, all, I'm also Buddhist. So understanding that, you know, giving is a part of life and giving is, is very important. And 
seeing like what I had versus other people like that to this day still like it, it still impacts me. So I was able to, you know, create different initiatives, especially during the pandemic, um, you know, to be able to serve other communities that might not have everything that I have. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, hopefully that was, that no, was, that was perfect. And I think that that so encapsulates like who you are, like that was perfect there. You are such a well-rounded individual that is so grounded in what you're doing and what you're giving back to the community. And I'm glad you were able to speak to all that. Um, and the other interesting thing I think is like, just, I mean, I think you said once that you had come back to the business in 2013 and really like what you're saying is that you are able to modernize the business and bring it to the 21st century. Mm -hmm. and, and while they may have had steady comp growth, you basically exploded the comp growth because you brought it to the modern times, which that's just pretty damn impressive. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you so much. And I was think, it, um, was yeah. it a, a like, um, I guess like a reckoning in terms of like, coming back and kind of having to tell your mom, like, you know what, I don't want to be a journalist. I don't want what you thought you wanted for me. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think like every Asian parent has this like view of or vision of like what they want their children to do. And, you know, that's why they sent me to all the best schools. That's why they tried to veer me off in a direction that wasn't the donut business, but it kind of like fell back into my lap. I knew it was always like a plan B for me, but yeah, having a conversation with her, I mean, it's, you know, you always anticipate that conversation. Cause like most of us have dragon moms. So you're just like, Oh my God, Oh my God, I have to tell them. And I was trying to really like push it like all the way, like trying to tell her at the very last moment. But I mean, she understood. Um, and I think after she saw what I did for the business in the years that came later, I really thought like, if it wasn't for me to come back, I don't really think that all of this would have happened or all of the success would have happened or it would have gone a totally different path. Yeah, so, exactly. And yeah. I think you, you were blending new and old, right, together. So was there resistance from her? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, Asian parents are so stuck in their ways and there are some, some battles that I've won and there's just some battles that I'll never win. And yeah, like, especially when I was doing social media for, for the business and I was taking pictures of everything. I was like trying to like, you know, create content in a way where, you know, it, it appealed to the audience or, or like, you know, trying new things, like putting hot Cheetos on donuts and cereal. It's like, I, I ran up against so much opposition, like day after day of like, no, that's not going to work or no, we don't want to do that. And I'm like, please just trust me. I, I know, I know, like, I think that I know my audience well, because I'm also the audience myself. Like I exactly. also love food. I also love these food trends. And, you know, I think for, if you're listening and you're trying to modernize your family's business, you've literally just kind of got to find your way through because, you know, you have to trust that, you know, a little bit more from like the ever-changing times of today. And I really think that because we were, you know, because I had kind of modernized the business years before, I think that's also one of the reasons why we were able to stay open and, and be okay during the pandemic, because now you have businesses that all of a sudden want to modernize and don't know how, or it's too late. Like they don't yeah. know that, you know, DKs is for delivery 24 hours of the day. So I feel that 
you know, change is necessary. And, you know, if you come, come in with like a very strong kind of attitude, you might get through, but you, you kind of have to figure out how to talk to the higher ups before you start doing any of that. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is all about that relationship that you have and your persuasiveness. <laughs> yeah. And then what about, um, I guess, you know, what's very common in the Asian American community is also imposter syndrome. Um, like how did you, or did you even come up against that? And, and what are your battle stories or best practices on how to deal with that? Yeah, I, I would definitely say that imposter syndrome is a real thing. And it's so real to the point of like, you don't even know that you have it until you actually start, you know, diving into yourself and mindset. And I, I think imposter syndrome also like definitely popped up when, you know, for example, I was creating like a new type of donut. And, you know, I have no culinary background. I literally just have the experience of me living and being born into a donut empire. And, you know, for me to add things to it, it was a lot of trial and error because yes, I may love food, but I don't have like a chef's degree, but I still do know what people like. So, I mean, if that ever qualifies and really stepping into the title of I'm an owner and I'm a donut princess. I mean, the donut princess title, I didn't really start claiming until, you know, these past few years because I always thought, you know, you know, it, I'm just a normal person. Like I, I, I just, you know, I'm just helping my parents, but the more I started to dive into like mental health and my, my own mindset, I started to realize wait, wait, no, like I did all of that. <laughs> and I, I, it, I deserve that title to step into that. And yeah. Imposter, yeah. Imposter syndrome is just also, I think another level of putting yourself to a certain point of expectations and trying to like, think about what are the haters going to say and having that get to you before they've even said it. Cause nobody said it. Yeah. And I think just as, as a culture, we're not really taught to brag, right? Like being yeah. humble is a core aspect of being Asian. And I think it's almost like you just kind of don't believe that you deserve that seat at the table, even though you did, you, you rightfully earned it. So, yeah. and I was really young. Like I was like, mm -hmm. when I stepped in, I think I was like 22 and like what, like I'm 31 now. So like a 22 year old, like running this crazy empire like i i i think it was you know a little bit of youth as well but people being a woman in the space and being young those are just like i'm already like you know up against the male driven society who are older who think they know better than i do and here i am just trying to be like no like like no like i, I think i know like please listen to me yeah no but that's also a real thing i mean like so we're like nearly 10 years older than you but um <laughs> But I, I am really amazed at all that you've accomplished because it does take gusto and gut and perseverance because you could be that person that is just like, oh, I'm not going to say anything. This is not my place to, but you push through it and look at, look at everything you have to, and that you've accomplished. I mean, you're too humble, but I mean, like to mention, but like DK Donuts has not closed its doors in nearly 40 years, right? You guys have been open for 24 hours. Yep, even through the Northridge earthquakes, even through just like the crazy things that have happened in LA even this year, like we've still been open and 
luckily we have such a supportive community that is standing behind us that you know when we ask for help like they're there just because we have been there for them for the past 40 years yeah and it's such a reciprocal um relationship when it comes to service right and i think that's what is mostly the success of of people running businesses it's you understand that you have to take care of your customer right at the at the very end of the day because without your customer you're nothing right yeah. And then I think like the other thing that I wanted to talk about was like your spinoff of the Donut Princess LA deliveries, which are an experiential experience, right? Which is yeah. so important these days. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So the Donut Princess LA concept actually came about because I could see that there was a niche of like people wanting these new specialty items and these special donut curated experiences. So Anyways, I, I basically pivoted it to be a donut bouquet delivery and catering service company, which I knew that I could provide a service that like could make anybody feel special. Like I could figure out if I just had a few facts about the recipient, you know, what their favorite color, what their favorite flavor was. And if it was their birthday, we could make it be really special, or it could be a work anniversary, or it could be a love anniversary or a holiday. But I really saw that you know, we have couples who live on, you know, some live in New York, some in LA, they're doing long distance, they want to send something special, or a mom who lives on the East Coast, and their son's living in LA, and they just want to show them their love through donuts. And luckily, donuts are shareable. And they're also shareable via social media. I mean, people like just want to like boast about the things that they have, and the people who are around them. So the Donut Princess concept, I thought was going to work because, you know, we want things <laughs> kind of done. We want this experience, but we don't know how to get there. But I definitely like kind of bridged the two of like, you, I know you want this experience and I, this is how we're going to get there. And I'm going to take you on this thing. And um, I would say that it's definitely been successful. I've gone to connect with celebrities or even like moms or dads or grandparents or whatever and and been able to give them these awesome experiences that they like they're shocked some people have cried um Aww. and people always remember this concept even though it's just donuts there's so much more love behind that yeah yeah that is amazing and i'm i'm i can't wait to give my first donut bouquet <laughs> it's coming soon to a person near me <laughs> And then maybe tell us a little bit more about like any particular ups and downs. You did mention, you know, early on with your age, you know, feeling like, how did you push through that? Like, it, was it just an innate sense of like, no, I know this is right. Like, how did you push through those uncomfortable situations? I mean, there are a lot of times, like, I feel that for a lot of the time that I was like, just making moves, I was very quiet about like how I was feeling inside. I kind of just like pushed my feel, like kind of like push my feelings on the inside, which is very common because, you know, harmony and like don't cause a scene. So yeah. I, I really just acted with kindness. I, I just was so respectful. And that's something that, you know, I learned from when I was a child with my grandma, you know, like 
she is someone who has taught me hospitality and kindness and just consistency. And I really, really got that from her. Um, but I mean, there are plenty of like trials and errors that happen. I mean, that's just business. Like, and it happens still on a day-to-day. -day. You have an unhappy customer, you have employees not showing up, you have like, you know, Kate, there's like, oh my God, there's just so much, so many things like over the past eight years that I've had to deal with. And it just goes from a situational basis and, you know, just takes a lot of time and patience with yourself and with the customer. I think what really helps me is like putting myself in the position of the person who's having the issue and, and really trying to solve that issue with as much grace and respect as I can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just been, there's been so many things like receiving a, a cease and desist from Dominique Kinsell. That was like a big one. Like, yes, we can start we say that word or not? You can say it. I'm not going to say <laughs> it's so funny. Cause I have to tell the listeners, like when we connected, I realized like, oh my God, I had been to DK donuts way back in 2013 when you had just, you know, revamped everything. And I was there to eat a cronut yeah. and that helped pop off your guys's revamp success, right? Yes, yes. I would say that that was the donut that really put us on the map because there was so much hype around this special croissant and donut hybrid in like 2013. And, you know, I wanted to be the first one in LA to, to give it to the LA foodies around here. So my mom and I, we came up with our own recipe, even like having her consider to add something like that was like pulling teeth but we ended up making it work and she was actually like the brains behind making the half croissant half donut like we like I gave her the idea she ran with it and we figured it out and receiving that cease and desist letter it's like well what do we do now like I was like well I mean if it if, if this is true then I think we just have to change the name because we never stole anybody's recipe you know we yes. we've made this by ourselves and this is the type of pastry and um and yeah I mean that was such an interesting time of of just trying to figure out like okay well we didn't we didn't take anything from anybody we made this, this ourselves. yeah I mean I think from what I'm hearing from you there's definitely obviously a level of intelligence that's required to run your business but there's also that soft skill side the EQ side that is so important that sometimes is a little bit missing um, when you get into these cutthroat environments. And I think it is just important to always have that um, as a core value, you know, just be a human person, be compassionate, do the right thing, right? Yeah. Um, anything else? Like, I think from, from your background, I would say you also um, are very much, and I'm not sure if this is more recent than it has been in your past years, but you're very much about being a represent, representative for the AAPI community. You're very much in touch with your culture. Most recently, like on your Instagram stories, you're teaching a Chujiao, um word of the day or phrase of the day. Like has that being part of the AAPI community played a part in like what you're doing um, as well? So I think that from, I think that it was only, I think within the past five years that I thought being Asian was cool because yeah, I, grew up, <laughs> yeah, I grew up in like, uh, there were no Asians in my school. I was the only, they called me Asian girl. There was like no other Asians anywhere. It was just 
oh, it's Asian girl over there. And then I was like bullied and I always felt different. And it just like, wasn't cool to be Asian. I had like, my mom packed my lunch and it was just like, it's just exactly what you think. It's like, it's smelly, but it tastes great. Like (laughs) nobody understands like what's going on. And, and, um, that was pretty much like my connection to my childhood, but I lived with my grandma until I was 16 and, you know, all we spoke was did you? And like, I, it was only really recently was like, I think that I have to be a role model for my culture. I don't think that there's anybody quite like me out there who actually feels this strongly about preserving culture and like nothing's really, really written down because, you know, the, the language is all off and stuff. So I feel that like, being a part of the, I love being a part of the AAPI community. I, I finally feel like there is a home for me there. And it's just so important to know that, like, I think now that we're older, like you start to really think about like, not just you, but like the world from Mm -hmm. like a big picture standpoint, like a big, big picture. And culture, especially for my specific background, I'm actually Chinese, Cambodian, and Thai. So even growing up, I was like confused as I'm like, okay, am I more Chinese? Am I more Cambodian? Like, you know, what, what do I represent? And I remember my dad, like, I remember very vividly having a conversation with my dad and he asked me, he was like testing. He's like, so what nationality are you? And I was like, um, I'm Chinese. And then he's like, wrong. And he's like, oh, well, I'm Cambodian too. He's like, okay. He basically was like, you're Chinese, Cambodian, Thai, and American. And I never really understood why he tested me on that, but now I do. And it's like, there are so many parts to a human being and the the journey that your ancestors have gone through. And even going to Thailand and Cambodia and China with my parents, we have family everywhere. And it's like, we went one time we went from a trip from the North Thailand all the way to the South. We stopped in every single village and city and was like, this is your aunt. She owns a durian farm. This is your uncle. He owns this restaurant. This is your other uncle. He owns this like convenience store. So I think what they wanted to do was to really show me that, you know, we have an extensive family and not to limit myself to one culture. And I think now it's like really cool to be Asian. Like we finally have representation, you know, in movies and like the Donut King film and just the fact that people like, like Asians are hot right now. Like, like, let's shine. Like, let's (laughs) do this. Um, that is exactly right. And I mean, I can totally relate to you. Like the standard of beauty when we were children was like blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah. And, and it really had an impact, I think, on our self-confidence and our voices and whether or not we could be heard because there was no space to be heard. So um, that is really a part of why we started our own podcast. And I know that's why you're doing your own thing also. And I mean, I applaud that. And, and there, I think, for us anyway, I think the belief is that there's enough room for all of us because our voices have been silenced for so long. So we are championing you and everything that you do because you also have a podcast, which you haven't plugged yet. (laughs) Tell us about it. So Short and Sweet is a Donut Princess podcast and really it dives into little nuggets of knowledge, little tips and tricks for aspiring entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, 
Um, and all, it also has a little bit of mindset on it too. So I've had some really incredible guests on my podcast. In fact, it took a few friends to be like, Maylee, you need your own podcast to give me the courage to actually like give myself a platform to speak on. Like, again, there's the whole like, who wants to listen to me or what do I have to say? But as I really started to, you know, work on my podcast, I was like, wow, like I do have a lot of knowledge in here that not many people know of offhand. There are lots of other stories that I can share that can inspire people. So short and sweet is basically, you know, people that are in my network that have made an impact on me or their community somehow. And I want to share these golden nuggets. Like I'm envisioning a person listening to this while they're driving in LA traffic and they've got, you know, 35 minutes and they want to just listen to something really quickly. That's like my goal, like give you some things to think about. You can run with them, take it, you know, it'll add to your success or add to your plate. And, you know, you can, I want people to learn things. I want them to take it. And like, that can be my legacy. Like you're learning that. Okay. Take it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's um, also very much grounded in women empowerment, which we're all about as well. (laughs) So one of the last questions I have is like, I guess if you could look back to 22 year old Maylee or even to a budding young entrepreneur, like what advice would you give them that you've learned thus far over these years? I would say, you know, giving, well, like there was a lot of things that 22 year old Maylee was already doing that she didn't really know like the words for like 22 year old just grinded. She just worked her butt off, no questions asked, heads down. And, you know, for aspiring entrepreneurs that might be 22 or younger at this point, I would just say, you know, form your alliances, grab a mentor, you know, somebody who you really look up to or someone who's already successful in your field, ask them about the mistakes they made so you won't have to make those mistakes. Um, If you don't know something, you know, ask or Google it or figure it out. And if you don't want to do something, you can get to the point where you can delegate that to someone else. But, you know, there's a lot of like being an entrepreneur of like your touch on things is, is something that can actually set you apart from another person or another company. And if I were to also give myself advice, I'd probably be like, you should journal or write down what you did every day, just so you can look back on it and just see how much growth comes from being an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs eat shit every day. <laughs> like we have to like go through like miles and hills and bounds to create something. And it doesn't happen overnight. It can take years. It can take months or, you know, sometimes it does happen overnight, but to really maintain and sustain it, you have to understand like who you are, your values, what you're doing it for. And, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. And I think you have to love it most of all. Right. I think I, I was just on a networking call um, yesterday and somebody was telling me just the same thing that you said. She's like, it looks like glory from the outside, but it's not, it's a grind. Like every day it's a grind because you're working for yourself. So um, thank you for sharing those gems. Um, I mean, it's amazing. Like I said, like I am in awe of everything that you do. <laughs> and that's coming from somebody that's, um, that's your senior. <laughs> if I had your gusto and all that when I was younger, imagine what I'd be doing, but. <laughs> well, Tiktoks is great because 
it shows that like moms can still get down and take care of business. Like it's like really celebrating the modern woman. Yeah. And, like I know, like once I become a mother, like I'll be like, okay, TikToks. <laughs> how do I do this? <laughs> <laughs> that means a lot. Thank you so much. That That is what we're aiming to do. So um, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. We're so grateful that you've been a guest. And for everybody who's in the LA area or not, because DK Donuts ships, <laughs> um, check them out. They're in Santa Monica. And please subscribe to Maylie's own podcast, Short and Sweet, a Donut Princess podcast for all those small business tips and to hear more about empowering women. It was a pleasure chatting with you and we have to meet up again in the near future for a donut drop. My yeah. kids love them. <laughs> so cute. Thank we you. Have to do, we have to do like custom numbers for their birthday and maybe like a themed like tech totally. donut. They yeah. would love it. They would love it. <laughs> and for our listeners, please don't forget to subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts. At Tit Talks, we aim to reflect and empower women on subjects that matter most to us. Community is so important to us. So please be a part of our family and get a sense of how we and other women conquer this world by following us on Instagram at tit underscore talks. We also just hopped on the TikTok train. So you can find us there at tit underscore talks underscore podcast. Talk to you soon, fam. Bye, Maylee. Thank you Bye. so much. Thank you.